0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: This time he's a little angry, so he he struck it again, but this wasn't the instruction that he had been given this time. This time he had had received new instruction. And so for those of us that are seeking to do a work from God, you want to be careful that we, if I'm doing a new work, I need to be listening for new instruction. Um, God will instruct me today how to live, what to do, how to serve him. Might be different than how I did it last time. Might be different than what I've done in the past. And so we wanna be listening and obedient to what the Lord says to us.
0: Many of us can't imagine ruining an example or depiction of Christ, but that's exactly what Moses did. As you'll discover in today's message, while his frustration with the Israelites is more than understandable, His rash actions are what led to such a mistake. In today's message, Pastor Bill discusses the importance of being quick to listen to the Lord rather than quick to action. You'll learn that with new ministry comes new instructions and new opportunities to let the Lord lead. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 20, for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: So this is what he does. Verse 9, Moses took the rod. From before the Lord, as He commanded him. So first, Moses obeyed, took the rod like God said, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, "Now this is where it all goes wrong. Here now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock?" And Moses lifted up his hand and he struck the rock twice with his rod, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. So here goes the mistakes. Did God tell him to yell at them? No. Did God tell him to call them rebels? No. Did God tell him to speak to the people at all? No. God gave a very clear instruction. Speak to the rock. And them and their animals will be, they'll get water. That was it. Um, God didn't say strike the rock. Moses struck it twice. Um, and it's apparent here that he's angry and he's frustrated and he lashes out at the people. And he does something else. He makes it sound as though... Like him and God are doing like, you know, must we bring water for you out of this rock now? You really can't say that. God's bringing water out of the rock. So he messes up royally here. He he takes the glory. Must we bring water out of this rock? He gives the impression to the people. Because remember, Moses was a mediator. And so he's given the people the impression that God is mad with them. Is God mad at them? No. God says, speak to the rock. They'll get water. Right, God's not like us. He's long suffering. I understand Moses being frustrated. I under, the human part of me reads this and says, "I get it. I, I get that he's he's had it up to here this day and he just cracks." So here goes a lesson for you guys that have those days where you have it up to here and you crack. Know that one day of anger, you could do something in anger one day that costs you forever. You could do something. There, there's jails full of people that in one day of anger did something. That cost them forever. Um, there are people that have, that have done something on a day in a moment of anger. Um, they say that it, when when someone's really angry, it's like momentary insanity. You do really ridiculous things. Things that, as the anger subsides and come down, some people it's like they come down off of something. Like, oh, I did that. Um, some people say they, they black out. You know that they, they they act up so bad. You know that it's like, man, I, I just I just blacked out. You know. We want to be careful. If you're given to anger, if you have an issue with anger, if your anger gets the best of you, sometimes we want to learn from this right here. Because Moses is a good guy. Moses is a man of God. Moses has a call of God upon his life. He did a lot of great things. But today, this day right here, he messes up really bad. His anger got the best of him. He misrepresented God to the people. He's going to pay for that. He struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. He's going to pay for that. He messes up this beautiful picture that God had put forth in the scriptures all on this one day that he was upset. Understandably upset. The Bible says, be angry, but what? But don't sin. So 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 experiencing the emotion of anger is not the problem. Um, there are things that can make you angry. Um, there are even times where there's righteous anger. Um, where it, it would be righteous and appropriate to feel anger towards a certain thing. But the Bible says, be angry, but don't sin. Right? Don't let anger become the thing that leads you, that drives you, that causes you to do what you do. You, if you're angry, you need to pray. You know, Lord, what do I do with this? I'm angry about that thing right there. And let him sort it out for you. So um, here's the picture that Moses messed up right here. Uh, we're going to look at it later on, but over in 1 Corinthians 10, which we're going to be at Sunday morning in, in just one more, one more week. Um, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. In 1 Corinthians 10, we get explained, explains to us that picture. Who's the rock in this, in this analogy? Anybody know? Jesus is the rock. The, the rod is the piece of wood. What is that symbolic of? The cross. So the rock, Christ, is going to be struck by the cross. Afterwards, water would come out, right? What's the water symbolic of in scripture? Holy Spirit. So check this out. So after the rock was struck earlier by the by the by the rod, as God said that one time, right? Jesus is only going to be struck one time. The second time water needed to come out of the rock, he said, speak to it. Right? And how do we receive the Holy Spirit? New Testament saints for the ask, We speak. We ask for it and He pours it out upon us. Torrents of living water just filling us and overflowing from our lives. He messed up the picture. He struck it twice. And so God says, man, you you, you messed up and it's going to it's going to cost you when any of us messes up, it costs us. If you're a leader and you mess up, it's more costly to whom much is given, much will be required. And so for those that are raised up in leadership, I, for me, I believe that there are areas where if I messed up, I believe that the penalty for me would be different. The Bible says in James 3.1, don't be many teachers, knowing that you will receive the stricter judgment. People will hold you up to a higher standard, and they should. God will hold you to a higher standard, and that's just part of the program. Again, I would speak to us as parents. Um, every parent here, I, I, my, I really pray that as parents we would understand the significance of that role in the, in the scheme of, of the gospel. That you know, every family, if you can imagine that every family is like a little church belongs to God and to be a husband under God and a wife under the husband and kids under mom and dad and to be a place where Jesus is the Lord of the home and people are being raised up in this home to love Jesus and serve him and to go out from your home and serve God that's that's God's vision for families and so every community that's ever existed has been made up of families that's how God created mankind that men and women would come together and they make babies and that make families and families would make communities and that's how the world would be filled up and it's God's will that we fill it up with people, little people that know God. Deuteronomy 6, he told the family, he told the, the, the husbands that the, you guys are to train your kids up and you're to speak to them and the, when you walk by the way and speak to them the word and everywhere you go, just by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, when you're outside, tell them about me, tell them what I did. That's our job. That's what we're to do. And so we're, we're examples, we're leadership to our kids. What Moses does here is misrepresents the Lord and We want to be careful for those of us that are blessed to be parents that we don't misrepresent the Lord. Um, I would say this to those of us that are married, right? Because God, God had a picture that he was putting together here, and Moses in anger messed up the picture. I would tell every married couple, your marriage is also a picture. What's a marriage a picture of? It's a picture of Christ, his relationship with the church. The husband is representative of Christ that he would love his wife and be sacrificial and serving the wife is representative of the church that she would be submissive to the lord be submissive to her husband and respect him and revere him and and that 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 the two of these together that there's a picture of Christ in the church make sure you don't mess up that picture to your kids who are watching to your neighbors that are checking it out there's a picture there your marriage can be a gospel you know it's been said that um some of us are the only bible that some people will ever read um, some people that won't mess up and pick up a Bible, they'll watch you. They'll observe you. They know you go to church. And it'll be all up in your business. Checking you guys out. Watching how you go. Watching what you do. Watching what you say. Watching how you speak. Don't mess up the picture. So, Moses here makes a mistake. He messes up the picture. Instead of speaking to the rock, he strikes the right, the rock two times. And a couple things here. You know, in Exodus 17, 6, God had told him to strike the rock. Here, God had told him to speak it. And so, we see the danger of doing a new work the old way. Uh, maybe in his mind he was remembering the last time I struck it, you know, this time he's a little angry, so he, he struck it again. But this wasn't the instruction that he had been given this time. This time he had been he had received new instruction. And so for those of us that are seeking to do a work from God, you want to be careful that we, if I'm doing a new work, I need to be listening for new instruction. Um, God will instruct me today. How to live, what to do, how to serve Him. It might be different than how I did it last time. It might be different than what I've done in the past. And so we want to be listening and obedient to what the Lord says to us. So moving on, verses nine through eleven. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord, and he, as he I'm sorry, we read that. If you're writing notes, write down Psalm 106, uh, verse 32 and 33. There's just a in that Psalm there. There's um, an explanation of what Moses does here. I'll read it to us. Psalm 106, 32 and 33, it says, they angered him also at the waters of strife. That's what this place is going to be called, the waters of Meribah, which means strife or contention, so that it went ill, I'm sorry, so that it went ill with Moses on account of them because they rebelled against his spirit so that he spoke rashly with his lips. And I just think it's a reminder to us that this great man of God really you know, just God did a lot of great things. But in this moment of anger, or frustration, he messed up. Um, sometimes when I'm preparing studies and, you know, God will be speaking to me and I, I'll be very honest. I started this study last week and I'm not really an angry person uh, for you guys that know me. Well, my wife could say I, I don't not a, that's not that's not an area where I don't get angry easily. You know, I'm not perfect, but I, that's not typically an area where I'm like, man, I walk around on flame all the time, getting angry. So today, in between kind of preparing, getting ready, I had, I had to make some phone calls. And I'm dealing with, you know, my, some of my most unfavored things to do are uh, things that are, you know, paperwork oriented. Anything that just requires lots of focus and paperwork and administrative. And so I'm dealing with some legal stuff and I'm on the phone with these people and they, they, they frustrated me. I've been going back and forth with them over a month trying to get something accomplished. And every time I call, I get a different person that doesn't know what the last person told me. And, and then today, as I'm calling them back and forth trying to get this thing done, they send me an email saying, we're going to close your account because we've been trying to contact you and not able to get a hold of you. And I'm like, no. So I, I called and, and I'm like, I, am like, you know, I've been trying to do the nice. I try to be nice and they just keep doing me like this. So I'm a, I'm express my, and as I'm sitting there on the phone doing all this stuff and I, I get off the phone, God is like, you know, I I felt like, I didn't sin, I didn't cuss or nothing like that, but I I did yield to the part of my flesh that said, they're not listening to me, be nice. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share my frustration. But you know what? When I got done sharing my frustration, I I was frustrated. They were off the phone, they were gone. Like i was I was messed up, my wife came home and i'm like i need, i need the, i need the holy spirit to refill me i i I'm, I'm, I'm I could not be filled with the spirit right now the way I feel this is not this is not what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I messed up. it probably would have been better for me to have just kind of kept my cool and tried it again and whatever i don't I don't know that I got any more accomplished today um' cause now I still have to wait and see what happens and so i I, I look at this and I'm like, okay so I don't struggle with this, but I felt like God just just let me just let me get a little taste. See, look at that. Look what you did. How'd that feel? It didn't feel good. Did you feel like you were representing me really awesome when you sounded like I didn't feel like I represented the Lord? I didn't. You know, I didn't feel like right at that moment. I didn't feel like they would have said that. I, I think I was talking to a pastor. I don't think that's what they would have said. I don't think so. So, you know, we want to be we want to be careful for Moses. Like I said, it, it, it's going to end up costing him the opportunity to go into the promised land. And 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 we'll come to that. So now look at, look at verse 12 and 13. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because, you, I'm sorry, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. And I want you to consider that for a moment. Moses' whole life was about bringing these people into the promised land. I mean, that's what he his whole life had been about that call right there to bring the people into the promised land. And God said, because you didn't believe. And I want to explain what he's talking about there. He said, you didn't believe me and you didn't hollow me or you didn't you didn't you didn't hold me as holy in front of these people. God says, now you're not going to get to go in. Why does God say you didn't believe me? Because every time we disobey the Lord, it's a it's a demonstration of a lack of obedience, a lack of faith. God had told Moses, speak to the rock. God said, you didn't believe That you could just speak and it would come out. You didn't believe me. You struck the rock. You weren't believing me. You weren't you weren't you weren't taking me at my word at that moment. And so you didn't believe me and you didn't hollow me before the people. Right. You didn't you didn't hollow my name. You didn't keep me as holy and revered before the people. You misrepresented me. Interesting. As God punishes Moses, it's going to say later on that now God is hollowed in front of the people. God will have his way. God will have his reverence from the people, but it's going to come at Moses expense. God's going to punish him for what he did. So some people will look at this and say, like, isn't that harsh? I mean, just one mistake, you know, all this time. I mean, all that stuff that people did to him and just just one mistake. Isn't that harsh that God would take him, take the promised land away? And, you know, none of us, you know, we can't judge God's, you know, punishment, degrees of punishment. But, you know, I read that and I'm like, you know, it does seem kind of heavy. Like that's a big punishment. You know, like now he can never go in. Like, can he have one more chance? Can he can he get a can he get some grace? Can he get some forgiveness? And God says, no, you mis. That's how big of a deal it is for those that represent the Lord. Don't misrepresent me. It's a big deal. And it should just be sobering for all of us here. In whatever place, in whatever way you represent the Lord, um, you want to remember this right here. It's, it's a big deal to God that we represent him. And if we misrepresent him, it's a big deal. For Moses, guys, you won't get to go into the promise. Now, I know, we know Moses wasn't going to get to go in anyway. Moses represents the law and the law can't bring you into the promised land. It's going to be Joshua representing Jesus to bring you in. But right here we get, this is the reason why, because he messed up. Because he misrepresented God. Because he messed up that picture. Because he let his anger get the best of him. This day, for all the times that Moses succeeded, you guys, all the other times when the people fussed at him and yelled and complained, and he laid on his face before the Lord. They fussed and yelled and complained, and he listened to what the Lord said, do what he did, and he cried out to the Lord in his frustration. I mean, he did the right thing all these other times. But this day, this day, he messed up. And I wrote down in my notes that you could... I mean, just in one day, we said it earlier, one one day, one you could do something one day in anger and flesh that has lifetime implications that 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 can that can take you off course. Now, I want to bring this up, too, because there are a lot of people that feel like, you know, whatever happens in their life, like it's all God's will. You know everything. Whatever happens, there are people living in all kind of disobedience. Are like you know just the way it all how it works out. Just this is what God wanted. You know this must be what He wanted. This is all God's will. You know the fact that you've been on you know whatever for this many years, walking in rebellion, disobedience, and not doing all the things you're supposed to be. And people that just put it all off, like it just this is what God wants for right now. And I would challenge that and say this: that God allows us. We have free will, and we get to do what we choose to do we can choose to submit surrender obey and yield to the Lord we can choose to rebel and run away and do our own thing um, the Bible just says that you're going to reap what you sow but I just would caution us against the idea that this must just be what God wanted did God want them to wander for 40 years no that's what they chose God wanted them to go to the promised land that's what he was trying to do but they, they didn't get there right so there's a and this is what I want to point out you can you can do things in your life and disobedience that will keep you from what God would have done in your life. So there are people that feel like no, it'll all work out, and I'll eventually no, it won't. No, it won't. Not if you keep rebelling, you'll just miss out. You'll just die before you ever get to be what God wanted you to be. You'll just die before you ever get to do what God would have had you do. You'll just miss out. It's, I just want to make it clear that you can miss out. Um, if there's no rule that says you get to just do your own thing and it still kind of all works out in the way God wants. No. There are people that die having missed out on what God would have done. I remember Solomon and God warned him. God says, Solomon, don't intermarry with the pagan women. They'll turn your heart away from me. And he messed up and got his heart turned away from the Lord. And God, when he sat him down, told him, you're going to be removed from being the king. He says, and I would have, like, I would have done. What he would have, God spoke to him about what he would have done, how, how, how that he would have extended his kingdom, how, how that he would have done more, but, but you sinned, so now we're done. I would have done more. And I realized that God had more he could have done, would have done, but you know Solomon had his choice, he, he messed up, he, he, got, he got cut short at that point. Why do I make a point of that? So that we would, we would we'd be responsible with our life and our opportunity, that we wouldn't waste it, squander it. And surely that we wouldn't treat it like you know we'll just do whatever we want, and God will have His way. It is very possible that we could live in such a way that God's like, "Oh I would have done this, man, but you wouldn't you wouldn't let me i had I had so I mean, I look at this group, these the, all these people that die, six hundred thousand you know die up until this point. you know, God would have took that group into the promised land, the land of float with milk. that's what God wanted, God's like, "I want to bless you guys, I love you so much." I got this land that flows with milk and honey. If I can just get you guys to go in there and receive that land, you're going to be blessed. You and your kids, it's going to be awesome for you guys. But they wouldn't go. Like they wouldn't go. He, couldn't, he didn't make them go. They just didn't get to go. There's going to be another group that goes with Joshua. But this group, they miss out. May we not miss out on what God has for us. Do we believe that God is a good God and that the things he has for us are good things? I mean, we, you just study the nature of God. That's who, that's who he is. He loves you. He's the best kind of dad that there could ever be. He knows everything. He can do anything. And he loves you, cares about you, has a heart for you, is merciful towards you and your failings and your shortcomings, has made a provision that you can be forgiven when you blow it so that you can be made right with him again, gives you new opportunities, new slates. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I mean, God's like, I've given you every opportunity to have all of me that you want because I love you guys. And so we want to be taking great. We want to take advantage of what the Lord has made available to us. Amen. He's a good God and he loves his people and we just have to choose him. He's chosen you already. It's a done deal. He chose you. He chose to love you. Just, I mean, God just chose to to put his love upon you. So we got to choose him back and surrender and yield and let him have his way in our lives. Amen. And so you tell them because they didn't believe they didn't, they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. That's why they did it um, because you, they didn't hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Um, you, you didn't hold me as holy. You didn't revere me before them. You misrepresented me to them. And like I said, parents, we want to be aware of uh, our representation of the Lord to our kids. Um, and that's, I mean, all of us are going to be challenged to do that, but we want to do, we want to, we want to really do our best to represent the Lord well to our kids. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm the first leg. I'm the, I'm the first Christian. My parents, I mean, my kids get to take a good look at. It. I want to I be a good rep for the Lord. And we're all weak in some areas. and We all have our shortcomings, but we want to work on that. That they're looking at me. I'm, I'm, I'm first leg of example to them about what it is to be a Christian. I represent the Lord. Um, to me, I, I'm a dad. I'm a man. And I represent to my children. You know, what if they, I'm the first look at a father. I want to leave a good impression. I want to make it easy for them to look to the heavenly father and say, there's a heavenly father, even better than my earthly father. I want to make it. I want to make it easy on them to look beyond me to their heavenly father. I don't want to I don't want to make it bad. I don't want to make it rough. I don't want them to look at me and say, there's a heavenly one of you. (laughs) You know, the more powerful one of those, you know, I want to we want to do our best. And yeah, we're imperfect, um, but it's definitely something that we want to work on and let it be a goal that we strive to be the best we can. Uh, best example in any area, God gives you leadership and influence. You want to do your best to be a good example for the Lord in those areas. And so moving on now, look at verse. Um, uh, it was verse 13. I didn't read. It says this was the water of Meribah. And that word Meribah means contention because the children of Israel contended with the Lord and he was hollowed among them. And like I told you guys, Moses didn't hollow them before the people. So when God punished him and disciplined him, it's a, it's a then God was hollowed before the people. Um, you know, there was something there's something about holy discipline that caused people to fear as uh, they looked at what God said to Moses and what God did to him. Uh, and you guys that grew up in households where there were spankings, uh, there was something about even when another kid got spanked, there was something about the purifying effect it had on everybody else. You know, I remember my sister might be the one getting the spanking. But after once the once the belt was out and hanging, my mom would hang them on the doors. You know, once once we was in belt mode, like we already took it to a level 10, the belt swinging. You know, it might be her getting a whooping, but you'd be amazed at how how it settled me down. Now, I'm not bungling around no more. You know, I'm not I'm not jumping around anymore. You know, she's not going to have to come in here and talk to me. You know, it, it is a purifying effect mom will be hollowed tonight you know she said be quiet now there's whoopings jumping off uh it, it had that impact on you you know and so here with Moses you know because he didn't hollow the Lord before the people God punished him and as a result they saw what God did to him and he's like he's a leader and they now they fear that God was hollow he was he was revered in their eyes and so God would get his glory God would have his way
0: You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, he corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that he taught them are the same ones he teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what he's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that he was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations we're a group of people who love to learn from god's word and be together as the family of god again our website is calvaryenglewood.org thanks for tuning in to today's edition of a transforming word